The following BLTV program is brought to you by O'Flaherty Law. Please enjoy. Greetings of the day, my fellow listeners, and welcome to another edition of Seizing Your Business. My name is Steve Eschbach. I am your host, and we have conversations with local business leaders to uh, share their experiences and their best practices on uh, managing and effectively running their businesses here in the greater Chicagoland area. So I am the owner of Transworld Business Advisors, and if you look closely, you'll also see a Transworld Business Advisors logo behind my guest, Matt Frischa. He's the owner of our LaGrange office. We'll talk a little bit more about that in a moment. But just to give you a background on a couple of things, Transworld Business Advisors is the largest and fastest growing business brokerage in the world. Uh, We now have eight uh, offices here in Chicagoland. If you expand that uh, scope to include the upper Midwest, there's about 12 to 15 offices. And worldwide, there are well over 200 offices with six to 800 of uh, owners and agents who assist business owners confidentially sell and match them up with qualified buyers. In addition to doing that, we can also assist business owners who want to expand via the acquisition model. And there's a couple of ways to do that. Of course, we can help business owners find uh, strategic and financial uh, acquisitions. Uh, We can also help business owners who may want to expand through the franchise model. We have a sister company that has done well over a thousand, maybe close to 2000 franchises, everything from marketing to uh, all the documentation needed from the franchise discovery document, operations manual, franchise agreements and the like. Uh, And we can assist you do that at a very reasonable cost. And finally, in addition to all that, we also do franchise sales. So if you're an executive in transition or anyone else for that matter, looking to get into the entrepreneurial world and want to do it with an established business already in place, uh, buying a franchise is the way to go. And uh, this program, Seize Your Business, is designed to assist everyone here locally Uh, get a better sense on how to run their business. We're all willing and able to assist one another in terms of best practices and what works well and what pitfalls to avoid. We're going to talk a little bit about that with Matt. Uh, The other thing I want to mention to you that uh, I am also a member of the Business Lounge here in Naperville. Uh, That is a quasi shared office space, if you will, located in downtown Naperville. Please reach out to me. I'm sorry, it's not downtown Naperville. It's in North Naperville. Uh, Please reach out to me if you want to find out more information about becoming a member, which is a great meeting spot for business owners to uh, uh, spend the day to catch up on email or socialize with other business owners who are, in fact, members. So enough with the intro. I'm delighted to have one of my business colleagues, Matt Frischa, here. He's a recent addition to the Transworld team. He is the owner of the LaGrange office. Uh, The interesting thing about Matt, and he can tell me more and you more about what this all is. He was a former business owner. He owned a franchise, sold that, and now he's representing other business owners uh, with their exit planning strategy. So enough of me. Matt, welcome to the show. Tell us a little bit about you, where you are today, where you were previously, and we'll go further than that in short order. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, Yeah, I think you summed it up really good. (laughs) Uh, I, I guess, again, the, as far as the business side of things, I, I did have a senior care franchise for five years and um, 
had, it was great business, wonderful business. Uh, I enjoyed the franchise model. I kind of like the cookbook, so to speak, that you get with that. Um, and I really enjoyed more so the camaraderie amongst other franchisees. Everybody had a lot of the same questions. Um, there was a subgroup I was involved with, a performance group that was um, tied to a program called Profit Mastery. Um, so you could look at your P&Ls together. You could look at your balance sheets together. And uh, yeah, we grew that significantly in a very short period of time. Um, I love helping people. Uh, I was, it's this basically running a staffing company is what that's like is uh, extremely 24 seven. Um, so when I kind of looked in the mirror and said, okay, where am I going my next five to 10 years? I said, um, I don't know if this is it per se, uh, but ended up using Transworld to sell my business. And that was a very positive experience. And um, I, uh, it was almost 15 months that it took to sell my business, but um, uh, through that process had already kind of looked at Transworld, done a discovery day with them and said, listen, if you can sell my business, I'm in after this. Uh, I had a career prior in corporate America that was B2B. Uh, so this is definitely a, a space that I'm comfortable with uh, talking to business owners. Sounds good, Matt. Now, one thing you didn't tell us in your background, you have a little bit of media in your background, do you not? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I worked in uh, media sales for 15 years. Um, a lot of time with the Disney company specifically, at, but the last stop that I had in media was with ESPN. Um, I worked on the radio Disney side as well and um, worked at some other stops as well. So that was really talking to a lot of business owners about advertising and their marketing campaigns and their marketing mix. So have sold everything from cable to digital to radio to broadcast television. Sounds good. Thank you so much. But we're going to go even further back rewinding the videotape even further. So tell us a little bit about your childhood. Where were you born and raised? What type of influence did your parents and your family have on you as a young kid with your tricycle, tricycling, uh, pedaling down the street, if you will? What was going through your mind? What did you want to be when you grew up then? And how did that all kind of transition itself to where you are today? Yeah, you're going you're going way back, huh? On the way back you, machine. Uh, I was born at Gottlieb Hospital in Melrose Park. Um, and my parents were in North Lake uh, for a little while. I grew up in the rough streets of Bloomingdale, Illinois, uh, which is just, I'm, I'm just being facetious. Uh, wasn't that rough out there, but um, yeah. And uh, I, I will say I, for me specifically, I had, I had a, um, my dad passed when I was, I was pretty young. And um, I, so I was a single mom that uh, saw her working a tremendous amount of hours to, you know, keep it together with us and my brother, just me and my brother. And uh, also my dad worked extremely hard, sold suits at JCPenney uh, yeah. and was always a salesman. And his with uh, his father, my grandfather, you know, kind of became my default father uh, in a lot of great ways. And uh, he was also very, always had a retail store of some sort, always was working hard. I, uh, I kind of learned through him because I was always just excited to work. I don't know. It was like always a thing where, and uh, even him, when he had his, um, he had a furniture store and he would <laughs> hand me the razor blade and say, go cut those boxes back there and, you know, sweep this floor and, uh, you know, fold these circulars. And, uh, you know, if you do that, you can pick out something in the store. And I just remember vividly this, this bear's clock, you know, that uh, I was like, God, that's the coolest thing ever. I mean, he must've got labor for about $2 an hour actually. But uh, um, no, I was, I, it was great. It was a great experience. And, uh, and uh, same with my mom's parents too. They, they're, um, I don't want to say it's the typical Greek people that own restaurants, but they were Greek and were always working in food service and 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 work to uh, work to the bone to the last day. Uh, uh, well, with both of them, actually, they they worked extremely hard. 
It sounds like there was an entrepreneurial influence on you, even though it does appear you started in corporate, right? You had does, corporate yeah. roles, even in the media and whatnot. So it seems like there was a little bit of that kind of bubbling inside of you early on. And then when you left media, <clears throat> what, what, um, what was the driver behind leaving your corporate executive role in media to owning your, um, your home healthcare franchise? Yeah, good question. So um, we had promoted a franchise expo over and over um, on some of the stations that I was with. And, I, you know, I go to the show, I'd walk the show and, you know, kind of kicking the tires on some stuff. Um, I did meet somebody and I didn't even know they were, I didn't even understand what he was doing, but he was, I guess now in retrospect, he was a franchise consultant. So he, he had this book and he said, you know, okay, you're thinking about business ownership, like read this book, you know, and give me a call. Um, and I was just enamored by this because, I will say I, I had a very good experience in corporate America, but what I was just disenfranchised with was no matter what you did, the goalpost was always moved, right? So, okay, you made your sales number, but we changed something. So we're going to, you know, change some things. So maybe it's a little harder to, to get your, you know, your quarterly bonus or whatever it was, or, you know, you, they would know every year that our fiscal year, uh, in this case, it was in October, but we never have the we never have the comp plans ready, you know. When it when it was October, and it was like, why it, you know this comes every October? Like, what what's this what's the what's the deal there? You know, like it's so. And over time, you know, again, it's just things that are out of your control. And I and I didn't like the fear of like, oh gosh, I just don't know what's going to happen next or what you know whatever whim they're going to have to. Uh, I'm not saying fire anybody. I mean, when you I. I I love the sales side because the harder you work, the more you make, right? The harder you work, the more you make. But um, I just didn't like the, um, you know, you had to always be concerned about uh, what was the neck, what was what shoe was going to drop. I also, I mean, frankly, I the biggest reason is I jumped down driving downtown. I was I live in the suburbs, so it was just awful. So I mean, you talk, you try to get to an eight thirty sales meeting, you leave at six thirty. You think that's enough time? Not always. <laughs> Not always. You gotta really, really, uh, you know leave quite early to to make all that stuff downtown and then when you're trying to leave like it's uh labor day weekend today so if you try to leave and uh, on a friday and you think you're leaving early at two o'clock there's still traffic at two o'clock so anyway just people from chicago would understand that more than anything else but uh that that certainly contribute to it as well yeah so one of the interesting things about your background matt is that uh you have been an entrepreneur a couple times and both of them were with franchises so um, I know there are many people out there. It seems like franchises are like, if you can remember way back, George Steinbrenner, you either love them or you hate them. And I think the same is true with a franchise. You either love the franchise or you hate the franchise. Now, you and I both own a Transworld franchise, and we both know that there are very many guiding principles to help us be successful, but we do have a little bit of leeway with which we can help our business development efforts, how to interact with customers. We do that a little bit differently because with 200 offices worldwide, there are a little bit different regional things that we have to become aware of, but sure. you also own another franchise. and. I don't know if there's a way you can generally summarize what you would consider the benefits of a franchisor in assisting you be successful and how you're able to complement that with some of your own business de development efforts. I know that's a long-winded question, but franchise there for support. They give you some leeway to be successful on your own here locally. Is there any way you can comment on that for our audience? Yeah, no, this is, I, I love this question more than anything else um, because 
people say, a lot of people say, well, why'd you get a franchise? You got to pay those franchise fees and you got to, you know, it's, it's, you're buying into this thing and why don't you just do it yourself? Why don't you just do it yourself? And, and it's like, okay. Um, but for instance, I was going into home care. Now it was a, it was a business I could do with my mom. She's a nurse. She's an LPN. She has a tremendous amount of experiences at hospitals and worked out with hospital administration for a very long time. But that doesn't mean anything. I mean, we thought, okay, well, she might be our biggest referral source to be able to, she knows all these doctors and everything. No, it, what, what I got was um, you can focus on whatever your strong suit is. My strong suit was sales, right? So I can call people, I can, I can set up meetings, I can, you know, say, hey, how great we are. And, and you know, please try to use us and, and really care about uh, what we're doing with our clients and our, and our employees. All the backend stuff that, I don't want to do, I don't want to put together was in a box ready for me with the franchise. So for me, uh, even though I was in marketing and I kind of enjoy that side, I don't have time to put together these neato little marketing things. I don't have time to, you know, look at my website 6,000 times and make sure it's done. I don't have time to put together social media posts, you know, over and over and over again. And people say, well, you, you just get people to do that and you scale. Right. But the fees that you paid to the franchise, whether it's the same or less or more, it's the, there's people that have done this hundreds of times. So it is a proven method to say, and, we, and I'll be the first one to say, I fought the franchise for the first year. I was like, nah, you don't do it like that. You do it like this. This is how you do marketing. And, and the only way a franchise works, and, and again, it depends because I there are good franchises and there are not so good franchises. So let's just put that out there. I must have picked a good one because once I started following the franchise model, things started happening. You know, it's like, uh, I, I, I wasted a lot of money doing things that uh, I thought were correct. And finally the franchise is like, would you just do it our way? Would you just do it the way that we're telling you to do it? And then all of a sudden the phone started ringing more and more things started to happen. Um, so I was able to focus on, for me, it was, we call it marketing and, and healthcare, but sales. And then everything else was was on the back end. Now, let's say you're not a strong salesperson, you're a good ops person or whatever it is. Fine. But they're giving you a path to say, when you get to this amount of money, hire this person. When you get to this amount of money, hire this person. And there's, there's a, they call it scaling, right? So if you can scale your business, um, the, you'll, you'll do great. You'll do fine. Uh, it's just a matter of a lot of people get stuck where... Um, I'll just, I'll say from my personal experience with the senior care, they get stuck while well, I'm going to deliver the care because I'm a nurse and I'm going to get out there. And, and that's wonderful, but that you'll never succeed doing that. The, that business isn't built for you doing the care, you being in the business. It's built for you building a, a staff of people to help you get to the finish line in regards to working on the business versus in the business. Uh, and they say that a lot um, for, for any business, any franchise for that matter. But again, I had a call every week with a franchise person. What, what's going on? How are you doing? Who did you go see? Like, what's your plan this week? You know, let's look at your analytics. They force you. Here's the other huge thing that we see every single day. They force you to do your P&L every month. Yes, th there's, a, there's a reason for that because they want to get paid and they want their, their but they have a, a, a system where they want to map your accounts. They want to see everything that you're doing because, yeah, there, there's, a, there's a reason for that. For It's advantageous for them. But at the same time, the franchises I work with, it's great. It's like point, click, click. Here's my PL. You know, here's my balance sheet for the whole year. A lot of independents 
if they're living out of the business or doing whatever they're doing, that's fine. But it's, it's just, I, I see more so that people aren't as diligent or as disciplined to uh, keep their records. If they don't have somebody kind of looking over them to say, what are you doing over there? You know, what's, what's happening in your territory per se. So out of all that you said, Matt, I can pull out a couple of things that are applicable to any business owner to be successful. Number one is accountability. You have to have a plan. You have to act on the plan. The other is analytics and metrics. You have to have something to shoot for. You got to meet your analytics because if you don't, you won't be successful. And those two concepts right there, it doesn't matter whether you're a franchise or not. If you're a business owner, you're going to do those things. The other concept you talked about that was really critical is scalability. And you don't, you should not expect to conquer the world. And you and I both use that term because that's what we want to do. You can't conquer the world by trying to accomplish everything in a short order of time. You got to be able to methodically, you know, do the many successes and move from there. Am I right about that? A hundred percent, hundred thousand percent. I had this, this little Excel sheet, which was, sounds really dumb, but um, you pull all these reports from this platform that we had, but I, I diligently every Friday, it was like my homework, right? here's how many referrals we got. Here's how many people we hired. Here's how many applications we got. Here's was our per closing percentage on. We did this many assessments. Uh, we had this many assisted living placement, uh, uh, I guess, whatever it is that you had, you know, and, and I just diligently every Friday, I was like, okay, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta track this stuff. Cause you could see from a mile away, if you weren't going to see people, it may not affect you today, tomorrow, next week, but four weeks from now, it was like, oh yeah, that's going to, that's going to hurt. You know, if I don't, if I don't do that correctly. So um, yeah. So a couple of things I want to go through. So you just sold a business and acquired Transworld, right? Um, yeah. So from your going through the process of selling your business and then of course, acquiring Transworld, there has got to be some things. And again, we don't have to focus on franchises. We want to talk about maximizing value. You're selling your senior home healthcare business. You want to make sure that you get top value. What were some of the things that you did in prepping yourself for sale then that carries over to you to advise selling clients to do the same? Does, do you understand what I'm trying to say? Yeah, 100%. 100%. Um, so biggest thing for me is you start to realize all the stuff that was, I'll get to that later, all of a sudden becomes a very large thing that is going to affect the value of your business. So for instance, we had a problem with overtime. We had a problem with margin, you know, meaning that, okay, we were making money and, you know, we we're billing a lot, but our margin was pretty small. So I could have gotten more out of my business if I just would have focused on what margin a little bit more and was able to curve that before, before getting ready to sell. Um, but at the same time, when I finally decided I wanted to sell, I didn't stop working. I just kept growing, 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 growing. I mean, we grew the most we ever grew in that last year before I sold my business. So that's the other part of, um, you know, going through that process is it's not like, okay, well now let's just sit and wait and start closing things down. No, people want to see businesses that are doing this, you know, they're going up like this. They don't want to see businesses like this or kind of going down because a lot of people I think as you're seeing, and I'm seeing, they get to us when it's too late. You know, it's, uh, you know, I, I got this business. I've been doing it for 30 years. My kids don't want it. Uh, I'm just, I'm kind of tired and I just want to get out. Okay, that's fine. But, you know, if everything is, is not 
is valuable anymore and it's still just you running around doing whatever you're doing that that that's not going to be as valuable. people want to buy cash flow so the better you can uh get your cash flow um or seller discretionary earnings as we call it um going on that's what they buy into and a lot of people don't you know well i got this name and i got this phone number and i've been in business for 60 years and my dad had this business that's wonderful that is and kudos to you for you know being in business for that long but People want to see what the bottom line number is, unless, of course, you know, you might, hey, you might get lucky. There's some people that want your your particular field, and you know, might see value in that to some degree. But um, there are all types of buyers and all types of sellers. The only final thing I'd say with this is, I was shocked how much happens once you get an offer. You know, it's not even about the. It's yeah, it's putting it out there and getting some showings, just like a home. We talk to some people, and yeah, I'm interested. I'm not interested, but until you actually get that offer, and once what happens when you get that offer, the punch list of things to do once you get that offer is is tremendous. And it's you know the back and forth, and did you do this, and they did this, and asset purchase agreement, and all these other different things that you're going to go back and forth with, and. Um, I don't think anybody has a clue. And somebody explained it to me too the other day. And, and I really had to slow down because all these things that's going to happen in your life, right? You're going to get married, these big life things. You're going to get married, you're going to have a kid maybe. And you're, maybe you're going to sell your business if you have a business. Those are like the biggest things that are going to happen in your whole life. So I think when people don't understand certain things that maybe we think are second nature to us because we're doing this on a regular basis every day, uh, to sort of slow down and explain that to a business owner about this is what's going to happen first. This is what's going to happen second. This is what's going to happen third. And you have to be ready and you have to have a good lawyer in your corner, a good accountant in your corner to really get through this process. If you want to get the best value that, that you want, I'm just, certainly there are deals that aren't that complicated that happen quicker. Um, but for whatever it's worth, those are all huge things to consider. Yeah. And one other thing I think I'll add, Matt, and I'm pretty sure you're going to agree with me that we can meet with any business owner, even if the horizon to sell is two, three, four years away. Sure. Because, even better. Yeah. It's critically essential because you want to make sure all your paperwork or your organizational document, you want to make sure all of that is ready to go. Because the quicker that is, the easier it is to go to market and the easier it is to sell your business. I've had businesses that have sold within two weeks because everything was right smack in order. We yep. knew where everything, the financials, the operating manual, uh, the data on the employees, the data on the customers, everything. It's amazing. Like you said, there is a ton of stuff that falls into place once the offer comes in, but you can prep for that well in advance so that when that time comes, it's not like you're rushing to the finish line. It's that you're doing it because it's already there. Am I right about that? 100%, 100%, absolutely. So to respect your time, our audience's time, I know you got an appointment right after this. Uh, I asked you a few questions, maybe a lot of questions. You answered them very well, thanks so much. Is there anything that we haven't covered in the questions that I asked that you want to make sure all people know? Uh, no, I just, again, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think yeah, a lot of people don't know that we exist. People don't know that business, uh, you know, brokers are even out there. So like I said, I would encourage somebody to, like you said it best, you know, get, get your stuff in order quickly. Talk to one of us, uh, or somebody like us doesn't even have to be us per se, but about what your exit strategy looks like, if you're going to do that. And then more so, like you said, on the buying side too, you know, I uh, just showed a company to somebody yesterday. The guy kind of said, you know, it's really 
to put all this marketing money out there to try to gain customers, maybe it's just easier for me to just buy a company that has a bunch of bunch of clients already in it, you know, and a bunch of stuff happening. And and I think that's really easy, very smart, you know, for all this money you'd spend in marketing. Um, and then the only other final thing is people think it's this gigantic thing, you know, where it's like, oh my gosh, that seems so daunting to run your own business, but. Uh, there's money available out there. Money's very cheap right now with the SBA and everything that ties in with that. So if, if you don't think you can do it, people like us also have a lot of funding sources as well to get to get into that. And whether it's, I always say it in three or four different ways, whether it was a guy like me that I didn't have enough money to buy something that had some good cash flow. So I was going to start from scratch and give it a go. Um, or somebody that does have that money to buy into cash flow or somebody who just is curious about it, you know, like give us a call and, and uh, happy to at least walk you through some to be a resource, I should say, more than anything else. Absolutely. I think that goes a long way in prepping you for, uh, and again, it's not just to prep you for sale, it's to prep you to maximize the value of your business. Now, you may also need the value of your business in terms of financing and expansion. It doesn't have to be an acquisition, but the more accurate, the more complete, the more developed everything is internally, the better you'll be no matter what your next plan will be going forward. Is that about right? 100%. 100%. I just think a lot of people are excuse me, shocked when they say, well, that's all it's worth. It's like, well, no, I'm not. You can list your business or whatever you want. You can sell it or whatever you want. It's your business. But I just think if you want to, you, every, we say this all the time, we don't set the price the market sets the price of what's going on out there. So um, we have comps just like homes to look at businesses and what they're, you know, what on average they're potentially getting. So use us for that. Use us just for the knowledge and information to, to, for your particular sector of business or whatever you're doing. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. So last but not least, Matt, uh, where can we go find out more information about you, your specific team, which is part of the bigger Chicagoland team? Where do we go to find that out? Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, so it's just T World. So T is in Tom World.com backslash Lagrange, like Lagrange, Illinois. So L A G R A N G E. Um, or just Lagrange at T World.com if you just want to email us and, and see what's going on over what we have. So, but I, I think basically with transfer is, is a lot because of all these offices, there's a lot of listings and a lot of buyers and a lot of stuff going on right now. So um, the market is, is quite good to, uh, to sort of explore all this. That'd be great. Thanks so much, Matt, for your time. Listeners, thanks again for joining us on another edition of Seize Your Business. There'll be plenty of more. And uh, you can go and check out Matt's interview uh, down the road a couple, three times. There's a lot of good stuff in there. And again, we're just trying to help you maximize the value of your business for whatever your next phase of business development would be. So audience, thank you much. Matt, thanks for your time. And uh, we'll go do it again sometime soon. Thanks for having me. Thanks for doing this.